Nintendo Week is brought to you by the Great Groose himself, the Great Groose himself. You know what it is. Hey everybody and welcome to Nintendo Week for the end of 2022. It is a very special no, Groosemas special calling. this year. No, it's, it's right. It's been a long <laughs> pandemic. We're going to release this in a year. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and we have a very start. special Groosemas guest with us here today. Would you like to reveal yourself? From the Christmas, uh, from the Grusmas geese? I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's me, the Grinch. Ben, I'm back. <laughs> ah! We got Ben this week. I'm here uh, to steal here to talk by, about... Played by Chris Pratt, of course. <laughs> <laughs> He's so cool. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, so, what, how are you doing? How you been hanging? What you been up to? Uh, I'm doing alright, you know, mostly just, uh... You know how it is with the pandemic. Like, there's not like too oh, much yeah. that we really can do. But um, you know, I've been uh, been working a lot, and I've been playing uh, a lot of Metroid Dread, um, playing oh, yeah. a lot of indie games, that kind of stuff. Other than that, nothing nice. too exciting. Um, you know, like I said, the pandemic is kind of keeping us all inside, but at least we got uh, video games to keep us from going insane while we're there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I will say, I definitely feel my eyesight like completely deteriorating. With my playtime so far up. But yeah. them's the breaks. <laughs> uh, Lee, Alex, how are you guys? Doing, In order. Oh, whoopsies. I'm doing great. J- just great. Doing fine. I I got back on my Fire Emblem shit, so um, oh, yeah? I'm on my second playthrough now. And I've put, uh, I think I've put in like 110 hours into the game now, so I've been going at it. Combined between them? Yeah, between them. Not How long was the one. first playthrough? I want to say like, I, I spent a long time on it. I think I spent longer than most people do. I think it was like maybe 90. I, I, I'm very close to the start okay. of the new one. So. And which house say, did you how choose? How was it getting like over the time? hump of the stuff at the beginning that's all like identical? um it's it's a little i'm still in it it's a little frustrating but i'm also enjoying because there's like a new game plus so that makes it like a little bit more tolerable also i'm playing on a harder difficulty now um Mm, which makes Mm. at least the combat sections more interesting um and Mm -hmm. then because i'm a nerd um anything that's voice acted i don't really mind (laughs) going through again because i can analyze it and think about it like critically this sounds really stupid but it's true um so at the very least tolerable usually good is how it's going so (laughs) nice thank you and how about you alex uh i just want to get to to thursday my last work day for the year and then can just coast for the rest of the year you're going right right up to the end huh yeah, well, you know, yeah. gotta do that corporate grind. Hell yeah. Ooh, I wish there was a video game about that. It'd be really fun. I'm sure there are a few. <laughs> oh, it's called, uh, I was going to say Office Space. That's not right. Um, the good Office. Job. Yeah, good job. This is um, so unrelated, but did you guys ever play, there was like an adult swim flash game. I think it was called like Corporate Climber or something. 
but it Sounds was familiar. It was about the grind, very um succession esque. Okay. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I I think about I'm it a lot. I'm just imagining it, it like it DK is an King's unimportant game, but um, yeah, I think about it regularly. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess. Evidently, couldn't tell you anything else about it other than it was about business. Well, uh, we are here to talk this week about a year in review for Nintendo Switch. What has 2021 begot? Uh, I guess how do we stack them up against our Grusmas wishes last year? Some of them really came true. Uh, but I don't know if we remember any of them, and I don't have time to listen to the episode right now. So we uh, are also going to make our 2022 Grusmas wishes, and hopefully all of those will come true. Yay. Okay. So <laughs> the Switch had a very good year, I think. We're uh, if we're taking a look at like the beginning, February is sort of where I'd place it, the biggest release. If anyone can contend that, we're kind of casual here. Um not a not a rigid plan as to what we want to talk about, so we'll do it mostly in the moment. But definitely Mario 3D World Bowser's Fury was like a kickoff to the lineup this year. Did anyone have a chance to really dig in? I would look at Bowser's Fury as like one of the big bright spots, especially for the first half of the year for me. Mm. Uh, just a really, I love 3D World already, and going back to that was really fun. But uh, seeing them take the whole traditional Mario power ups thing and throw it into this like pseudo open world was really satisfying. Uh, kind of uh, tickled my my Mario itch in a way that Mario Odyssey couldn't quite do, even though Mario Odyssey is also a very fantastic game. Uh, it's just there's just something about those classic Mario power ups that that just feels right uh, when controlling Mario. Uh, so I really loved Bowser's Fury. Really loved uh, the just new take on what it could what a Mario game in 3D could mean because it's still sort of collectathon based, but it also has this sort of interesting hook at the center of the level with Bowser coming back over and over again. Uh, makes me really excited to see what they'll do next with 3D Mario. Nice. Yeah, I, I really am hoping for an Odyssey 2 with, like, Luigi and co-op and kind of just an, a big open sprawling hub like that uh, that warps you into maybe secret levels and, and really expands on it. Breath of Mario, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, has anyone tried out Bravely Default 2 or uh, Monster Hunter Rise, new Pokemon Snap? Well, uh, I did I can, play uh, Bravely Default. Sorry, comment go ahead, on that Bowser's Fury real quick. I will just yeah. kind of rain on your parade a little bit, Alex. I couldn't quite get into it just because, like, Odyssey had such awesome uh, and varied movement to it that when I played Bowser's Fury, it was, like, it was jarring to just go back to, like, so few limited movement options. It felt like, you know, I was playing an open world mm. I did really like the open world stuff, but it's like, if that world isn't really fun to move around in, then it's it's not, like, hitting that Mario age. Yeah, I, I definitely that. get like, that. They could totally, I could totally see them doing a thing where, uh, like I said, if if power ups sort of make a comeback in a, in a major way, uh, I could totally see them doing a thing where uh, power ups actually give you more movement options in and of themselves. Because you've already got mm. you got the the, the Tanuki suit a little bit, but imagine like I don't know uh, something that really lets you fly, like the cape. Uh, uh, I know I know people love the the sort of default moveset uh being being vast in these 3d mario games for me i i want that like that magical whimsical moveset to to grow a little bit so that exploring the world really just kind of feels boundless in in the ways that it did in older mario games for sure i also like 
dealt with the re-release of uh 3d world alongside bowser's fury like the way that they sped up the movement in the game made it a lot more interesting not as a way that i would typically like want or expect from a 3d mario game and what i got the first time around which was a little bit more immersion this one was kind of like a speedrun gem like i really love just blasting through it uh, in a way that 3d world i felt like more exploratory this one it's a time attack every time uh, and, you know, you can do that in the original, but it's not nearly as satisfying without that extra speed that the port got. Yeah, it was, it's funny when you, you play levels that were designed for speed to begin with, because it really sort of yeah. it pushes that, that, that increased speed even further past its limits. Uh, yeah, there's like an interesting like level breaking to it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, uh, Alex, did you try out Monster Hunter Rise? Uh, I did not play Monster Hunter Rise. I did play, okay. play Bravely Default 2. Okay. It was very much a RPG that Square Enix put out this year. <laughs> um, uh, the way I describe it is like I really love how it is how it works sort of from a mechanical perspective, but then also the like entire game feels like it's a mechanical like a machine, uh, whereas a lot of Square's most beloved RPGs they go off the rails a lot of the time and they they do crazy things with their story, they do crazy things with their settings. This is very much a formulaic: go to a new town find out if problems happening, do a dungeon, run through the dungeon, fight a bunch of enemies, fight a boss. No, <laughs> there's no real sizzle to anything that's going on from a gameplay okay. perspective. Uh uh which is a shame because like I said the fundamentals are really strong, but they don't they don't really push those fundamentals uh in unexpected directions. It's all very rote. So would you but, say that if someone hasn't played like kind of the classic Final Fantasy games that this is like designed after sort of an homage to uh you know like four and six and, and whatnot like would they necessarily find this game interesting or is it still a very kind of rote uh, if you like affair? the nes square games so yeah final fantasy is up to three basically not the super nintendo ones uh yeah. this is more in the vein of those games maybe with a little bit of five sprinkled and i've never actually played five but i hear it's very job system focused uh the 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 centerpiece of it is really like leveling up your character's jobs uh, so in that sense very much final fantasy 3 final fantasy 5 okay um i would say if you're a fan of six which i think does do some kind of weird things with the story and characters uh you're not gonna you're not gonna get your itch scratch with this game okay now uh did anyone else try Monster Hunter? I asked uh, Alex. I know you really like the series, nope. but if anyone <laughs> took a swing, okay, not a big Monster Hunter podcast. I I I, th I think I talked about this on a recent podcast, but the Sunbreak yeah. announcement like really drag hooked me, and I bought it, but I haven't started it yet. I bought I bought the base game, but I haven't started it yet. Okay. Uh, new Pokemon Snap is up next, and I tried that. Did anyone else? Really, I the Pokemon thing that not. I cared about was um, the Sinnoh remake, but I can talk about that later, so no. Okay. Um, I guess, I mean, I don't know. I didn't really play new Pokemon Snap for a long time. I was excited about it, but, and this goes for, there was another, I think, maybe it was this one. <laughs> I don't know. They make a lot of spinoffs in Pokemon, but there was, oh, it was Pokemon Unite. And oh, I think yeah. I've talked about this before, but like, there seems to be a directive to make like a ton of textual tutorials and it's like i'm reading a book like po pokemon snap opens up you're in the first level playing the game in like 15 seconds of the title screen but this is like 
dialogue bit after dialogue bit. Press the A button. Here's where the A button is on your controller. Yeah. You can press the A button to scroll forward. Like, I know this sh- family podcast, but I'm not, you know, I, I don't need that. Come on. Yeah. Who Let did they play think the is game buying Pokemon Snap game? <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff almost made me quit playing uh, Sun and Moon after the first island. Because, like, I couldn't take ten steps without uh, an NPC running up and stopping me. Hey. Can I tell you about the menu? That stuff actually <laughs> did make me stop playing Sun and Moon. It made me stop playing both of these games. So you gotta cut it out, you guys. Who's listening, please? Yeah, like, this is a lesson that Nintendo's clearly shown that they've learned on Nintendo Switch. So It's game so bizarre freak, because, like, the you know? old games were, like, yeah. I was, like, seven. And there's so much yeah. less, like, of all of that garbage. The and tutorial it, is basically like here's how to catch a Pokemon. When I was seven, right? the, the point yeah. is for young people, you still got it wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The tutorials uh, are for the old people that that uh, play too many games and don't feel like uh, having to learn a bunch of them. It's it's more like like the young people they don't want they they are easily distracted. They'll bounce off it if if they're not invested. Uh, yeah, they don't play a lot of games, so it's not hard for them to learn the ones that they do play. Especially if the sort of, like, tactile language of them are so shared across all the platforms and, and you know, all yeah. the Pokemon spinoffs and Nintendo games already. Like, everyone knows that you press A to read. Like, well, this is not going to be you anyone's don't, you first try it. Nintendo Switch game. There's no way. Yeah. Uh, but, speaking of visual novels, did you actually pick up uh, Detective Club like you thought you might? Was that Alex? directed at me? Yeah. I did not. Okay. Uh, but it's cool that it's back. We've talked about that before. Um, ben, did you try it out? No, I did not. I've actually like not really looked into that one too much. Okay. Uh, it was like a really like I hope that I hope that this isn't indicative of. I mean, it was like I think I remember it being like forty dollars or maybe even like I think sixty it was 30, combined. Thirty a pop. 60 okay. For both. And yeah, I don't know. Just like I'm. Like I, I don't want I don't want to read that much if I'm playing a video game. I want to read a book anyway. So like, it's not for me. And I feel like that's a steep price point for like. I feel like that's gonna be a common opinion about just kind of the way that those two media work separately from each other. Um, I know visual novels are popular, but like I think they're usually a lot like less expensive. Um, yeah. So I hope, but I it it's beautiful, and I really hope that. I mean, it's a gamble on like an old property really hope that that doesn't discourage them um it's it's sales or uh tepid reception even metopia though <laughs> came back nobody likes metopia no <laughs> yeah i remember fondly that's a good old metroid prime federation force days um this game on this list Looks kind of like Yokai Watch, the World's End Club, just visually the way they're designed, very chibi and cartoon fun. But I've never yeah, seen. Yeah, I had it before. a lot of ambitions to try visual novels this year, and then I ended up just replaying games that I had played before yeah, most of the year. Same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> think I've pretty much place. exclusively done Smash. Not even uh, Game Builder Garage didn't do. But how does? I mean, let's reflect on that for a second uh, and how that changed things up. Uh, I bought anyway. Game Builder Garage. I, I like 
like some other games I bought this year. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I've seen some other people that I know who have played, and they've they've uh, as people that are not game developers, I, the things some of the ideas they've come up with seem pretty interesting. I don't remember any of them off the top of my head, but the people that have really like put the time into it seems to have really enjoyed it. Mm. Um, uh, it's a, it's one of those games that's on my my sort of 2022 bucket list to play that along with uh, Dreams on PlayStation. Oh yeah, uh, and just kind of s- step into that world of user generated content again because that's that's coming back in a big way. It seems like yeah, everything I've heard uh, about the garage is that basically like great, but there's so many limitations on like uh, like the yeah. kinds of code you can do or whatever that you can't really make anything beyond like a cool tech demo, but even so, like yeah. you can come up with, you know, some addictive, fun little mini games that you can only take like thirty seconds to play or whatever, but keep you hooked. Yeah, at least this is the no Mario NFTs. Maker team doing like their next step, right? This is the same sort of group developing this game, and the same sort of market <sighs> for. Like... I want to say it was Labo. Oh, that's right. That's right. It was a Labo. It's basically a Labo spinoff because they had a they had a similar development tool in Nintendo Labo. Um, I mean, was that separate from the Mario Maker team? I, I feel like they have a lot which... of the same like marketing language of like the pure yellow and, but I mean, yeah. yeah. I, don't, I mean, that's a marketing thing. I don't know if that has anything yeah. to do with the product development team. I don't know actually. I wonder how much like product development DNA they share. Regardless, I do think they're like it, it's essentially their um the game that satisfies that next like uh game for that kind of audience you know the the game making audience there on nintendo switch seems like they're not supporting mario maker 2 so much anymore and then that's gonna ev- eventually peter off and i definitely see like a future for game builder where they just make it build off of this literally and make a much more robust code base and like there's just a a very I mean, I don't have a solid idea of what it's going to be necessarily, but there's a lot of possibilities and like a clear uh, future for this franchise uh, as something more game builder deluxe or, you know, whatever. Um, it, it sort of shocks so me cool. that it's not free, free, just free, period. Uh, because like something like this is clearly not going to have like this giant commercial future. Yeah. Especially because it doesn't have any kind of like microtransaction or like marketplace model attached to it it's really just kind of a way to get people introduced to the idea of making games and Uh, yeah i don't know why nintendo wouldn't want to just put that into the hands of every switch owner that wants it it seems like a really good like coexisting angle with the mario kart bundle where like if you want mario kart like the staple of party game like you know fun for everyone you've got the mario kart bundle but if you if you're kind of a parent who like you know wants to like it's taking just a more sort of like games are like an educational tool like kind of like creative mode minecraft approach like game builder garage seems like a really just like mm-hmm. it's it's just a different angle like uh, to to sell people on switch uh you know from really any other game that they could package with it people would still see mario maker and be like well that's a mario game rather mm-hmm. this is like an actual sort of like brain tool people need to learn how to code and if you're 10 years old asking for a switch Here's the way to learn how to code. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Mario Golf Super Rush. I mean, I feel like we all love it in theory, right? But probably no one like played I it I don't really. like golf, but I like some of the things going on in Mario Golf Super Rush. But that was yeah. not enough to get me to buy it. 
yeah. that's sort of where I'm at on that game. Ben, what about what's your history with Mario Golf? Um, I've played some of them in the past, but it's like sixty bucks is a uh, tough sell for a sports game yeah. for me. Um, yeah. I think one of my friends has picked it up, but I haven't like seen him recently. Um, we were talking about hanging out this weekend, maybe, so I might actually get to play with him this weekend. But yeah, I I I'm not gonna drop sixty bucks on a Mario sports game. Like that's just not gonna happen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it looks really fun though. A great way to to zhuzh up uh golf lee have you tried it out absolutely not i'm in the same boat as you guys and i think (laughs) it it would take even more for me because i can look at that and go like oh that's fun i think i would only play it if somebody i knew already owned it and i was Mm -hmm. like cool this can be a fun thing we can do but i i I, even looking at like it seems fun i don't think there is a reality in which i would purchase it for myself so sorry What are your thoughts on Skyward Sword? Because that's the next major release, and the world already knows what we all think. Lee? Oh, I thought we did a whole episode about it. Sorry, you just cut in, at least for me. Oh, sorry. Didn't we do a whole episode about it? My opinion is... Sure. I I think I like (laughs) Skyward Sword more than most people. I haven't played the... um, the the version released on switch but uh i i like the game more than most people seem to like it i think that it's fun that it's back um but again it's it's one of those things where like i i didn't like it so much where i was like i have to play it again um and that's Mm -hmm. kind of where i landed with it i would rather i don't know play majora's mask or ocarina of time so that's that's where i stand Again, I'm sorry. I know. I know people were excited about it. I was kind of like, eh, you know, it's uh, cool. I don't know. I how, actually played how excited all the, the Zelda games again this year. Oh, very uh, impressive. Sort of chronologically. So I started with the 2D games first and did those chronologically, and then I went back to the 3D games and did those chronal or in release order, I guess. Uh, and so I was actually surprised by how well the game held up compared to what my memory of it was. Uh, I think a lot of it is helped by the fact that the the game just kind of moves at a more brisk uh, brisk pace without a lot of the tutorials that were in the original. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, I like playing. It, it feels like a pretty decent action game, which is saying something for for a Zelda game, but also for a Wii game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it The dungeons are at least creative, if not difficult. Uh, and the final confrontation is just, and the story is just really, really excellent. I would say even, uh, yeah, the story and really it's not it. too long, which is a good to its credit. Plus, I mean, without the Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword, none of us would ever be here on this beautiful Christmas day. So let us take a moment <laughs> and say grace to goose, goose to great. The, you know, the thing great. we all say. <laughs> yeah, it, it was is also. Great. I remember it was really surreal seeing ads for Skyward Sword playing on the like little Nintendo kiosk at Target, because I like, yeah, like you said, like I remember when that game came out yeah. because it was I was really big in Zelda fandom sites at the time, and wrote about it a lot before and after it came out. Oh yeah, uh, and it just kind of like teleported me back to 2011, in a weird way, mm-hmm. like in a like time stone kind of way. Well, I mean, it's the pandemic, so it's always nice to be living in, in another time, even yeah. for a moment. 
uh but i don't know it was just it, it reminded me of uh yeah yeah being being a yeah, kid i was uh i was kind of on the fence about picking it up and Ten then nintendo years. made a mistake they showed off that trailer for breath of the wild 2 guy islands and like flying and everything it's like oh well i'll just i'll just play that no. <laughs> i'll wait for that to come out and i'll play that because yeah. that's just like skyloft but more. yeah yeah there. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not check this one out for myself either. How did the Joy-Con controls in your experience? I know it was kind of controversial, but did they work out for you compared to Motion the Wii Remote Plus? Well, um, the one thing that I will say that didn't work well was, uh, if you remember Skyward Sword, there's a mini game where you have to use your bow, and uh, the the emulation of the Wii, Wii Motion Plus didn't quite keep up for that game. Okay. But... Uh, if you switch the controls to not motion, you still have an option to do motion aiming only. So it's basically how it would be if you did motion aiming in handheld mode. And I found that was a lot more stable and a lot easier to control. So I basically could just switch over the controls for that one mini game and then switch back afterwards. And it was all good. I don't know if anyone else thought to do that. But for some reason, I thought, oh, I bet it's going to control better with the handheld <laughs> mode controls. And it did. Uh, but other than that, like the game holds up really well. That's or an interesting tip like across the well. board, I bet, too. There's got to be some other weird ways that, you know, just switching yeah, I, the controls around make things more pleasant in a I, bunch of, like, little weird places. Mm -hmm. I really wish I could mix and match the motion sword controls with the uh, motion that they use for the, the handheld mode, but that just, that just wasn't an option. It's one of those things where it's like, oh, well, accessibility options are great in games. People should really pay more attention mm -hmm. to them, especially yeah. if their games have weird control schemes. Uh while we're on it, a lot of games have text that's way too tiny, just by the way. Yes. Yeah. Um, Pokemon, oh, you know what, though? Uh, that was not the only Zelda we got this year. Uh, it was supposed to come with Breath of the Wild 2 originally, so we thought. Uh, but we, all, we did get The Legend of Zelda and Link's Adventure and Link's Awakening on a Zelda-style Game & Watch. Um, did anyone check that out? Uh, was this combined enough get, Zelda for everyone? I did get one. I had never played the like original Game Boy game, Link's Awakening. I'd only played game, the Game Boy Color version. Uh, so I, I chewed through that uh, when I got it. Uh, really fun little device. Uh, I love the, the watch uh, feature and just like, the amount of personality and effort that they put into it. It's really, really cool. Uh, uh, haven't, and, and also for, for people that don't know, uh, if you get this, you can also play through the Japanese versions of these games, oh, cool. which have some minor differences from the other versions, including uh, most one extra sound the music yeah. in the NES games. So uh, that's one reason to pick it up if you've never played the Japanese versions before. You will have to at least power through the Japanese text if you know the games really, really well. I mean, those games could. aren't text dependent anyway no but uh, i mean i guess if you read it in english it doesn't make any sense either <laughs> yeah, exactly um, <laughs> yeah well uh, uh okay it makes me want more tiny handhelds uh uh for classic nintendo I, I, it makes me kind of wish like the mario thing had game boy games on it for example mm -hmm. uh, it'd be cool to have a metroid one that that plays uh the gba games too i know they have to add shoulder buttons which is a little unfaithful to a game and watch but Interesting. I don't know, it's, just, it's it's cool it's cool playing a tiny handheld again maybe we can talk more about this in the 2022 wishes because uh i have something similar to say this could be a fun fun talk 
let's power through the next couple of things. Um, ben, did you have to go at eight, or you wanted? To, did you want to start before eight? Uh, I mean, I I could probably go a little longer, but uh, not like terribly. Okay, well, I'll I'll shoot for like eight fifteen. Cool. Um, because this is only the first half of the year so far. Oh no, this is going through the whole thing. Okay, well, okay, we can we'll, do we'll it. be solid. Uh, no more heroes three. I know a lot of people were excited about that, but I don't know about anyone on this show. Not particularly. Okay. Uh, <laughs> fun for No More Heroes fans. Uh, WarioWare, get it together. Get it together, Nintendo, is my thoughts on WarioWare. Just put out WarioWare Gold. What's all the ruckus? We want to play all the fun best mini games again. Mm. I, I mean, that's my uninformed opinion, just because I didn't yeah. feel like I wanted to spend $40 on a co-op WarioWare game. But if anyone played it and thought, this is the cream of the crop, I'd no, love to know. It's yeah. not the cream of the crop, but the co-op aspect was kind of fun uh, for okay. a bit. The, some of the new, the new minigames are really fun, and the idea that you sort of get stuck playing them with a random character and have to uh, finagle their abilities to make the, the minigame work was fun. Uh, I still wish it had that like classic WarioWare in it a little bit, and it doesn't. Yeah. But uh, for, for the few hours I spent with it, it was pretty fun. So you know how the classic WarioWare games had like sort of the main modes and then all those like toy sections that i think mm -hmm. were probably scrapped for warrior wear gold anyway what what do you think about this having been in you know in an alternate universe uh a 60 dollar package where basically the this whole co-op idea is about half the size that they actually went for with this game and that's what they do as a supplemental bonus a bowser's fury if you will for warrior wear gold would that be I mean that that would have been a more valuable package. I mean, yeah. it, it, like you said, it sort of sucks that a lot of these best of games uh, are stuck on the 3DS. Yeah, uh, and released after the Switch came out. Because I wonder uh, too, like if they if if they do release a WarioWare Gold package, which seems easier than making a new classic WarioWare, especially when they already made a new weird WarioWare. Like, it I don't know. It just seems like they couldn't possibly release it for $60 and maybe they put that one out for 30 but like I don't know it just seems weird all around one thing that is kind of weird is how many games that are sort of heavily creatively influenced by Yoshio Sakamoto came out this year because <laughs> there's Metopia, which was by his mm -hmm. team there's I believe it was by his team there's WarioWare which is by his team mm -hmm. but in this case developed by Intelligent Systems I think and then there's Metroid so yeah, yeah well you know, we speculate a lot about what could have been but also like that team uh their ip were really uh, busy this year that's next up on our list in fact that was a beautiful transition and we never did a post-mortem on metroid ben you're gonna hate me for this we will talk about speed runs in a second i have an announcement the emmys suck so hard <laughs> that i didn't even want to finish the game i put it down and i said no i'm done i hate this not oh. fun don't like it. So did I'm you, a resident Metroid Dread hater. I tried getting good. The Emmys are obnoxious. It's just not even fun. It's not. I, I didn't want to do it. Didn't yeah, even want to get good enough. I found um, the best way for the most part was to use stealth as a last resort. Treat the mm -hmm, whole yeah. Emmy zone as your parkour course. Stay in constant yep. movement. Find areas where you can just kind of play ring around the rosy to sort of gain a little space on the Emmy find the door like you should only be standing still and hiding if it's your absolute last option pretty much yeah 
Yeah. yeah. And the only reason to really engage with them is when you're ready to destroy them. So Let me ask you, how often do you get caught by the Emmys? Um, I bet what like you probably zero times at all now. Like, that's like when you started, when you were first figuring it out. Oh, just like on my casual playthrough, I got caught all the time. I probably died, you know, like close to 50 times on my first playthrough. But okay, that's, yeah, that's including see, that's... bosses and stuff, too. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's because I'm poking around the Emmy zone trying to find, you know, if there's secret passages or anything like that. Like, you know, if I get rewarded for staying in the zone longer and looking for, you know, an alternate route to secret break, that kind of thing. So I definitely died a lot. Although I would say right from the start, um, I was probably countering Emmys, like, about 25% of the time. It was easier than that I thought. That seems impressively high to me. I can't even do that. Yeah. It's one frame. Did you know that? It's one frame. Oh, is it? Yeah. Well, at least that's what I read. I mean, maybe your cue at you know, least. That could be yeah. so that's and there's a, good, but it's it's tough. Yeah. There are Well, I feel like every one of them it. has a couple of different Oh, yeah, there is there are two chances, but there's just like I don't know. Maybe my reflexes are bad on this game. But it just doesn't seem like it's It's not very reliable. It's annoying. <laughs> I hate it. Yeah. Didn't want to finish it. Maybe I will with the little, you know, parkour tip and some time just to get away from the steam. But I'm steamed. Yeah, maybe watch a little <laughs> like footage, it. see if you can figure it out from any tips. But yeah, I mean, it's yeah. it's a big gamble to make the Emmys such a big part of the experience. Um, I liked them. I think overall, you know, most people tended to like them. But you're definitely not alone in saying, like, you know, the whole one-hit KO aspect kind of didn't make you want to. I know this is a really uh, late sort of uh, reaction, but which is embarrassing because I actually thought of it like three months ago. But get good is what I would say to the design team. Pew, 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 super missiles. Super hot take. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the game. I thought it was um, like a fantastic sequel to Fusion, which Fusion is the first Metroid game I ever played. You know, it's the last. Uh, all new 2D Metroid. It's been 19 years, so for them to you know sort of go back to that, make a direct sequel to it, uh, was really cool. And it, yeah, it paid mm -hmm. off in a lot of. And unlike Fusion, and now, one of the biggest yeah. complaints about Fusion is that uh, there's only one singular path through the game. There's no way to do any alternate routes. The story completely railroads you down a path. And a lot of people kind of assumed that's how Dread was on their first playthrough. But in reality, like, you can break the hell out of this game. There are a lot of alternate routes. And then, of course, with the discovery of uh, you know, glitches and that kind of stuff, even more routes that the developers didn't intend have come out. And so it's become a really, really open world comparable to Super. So yeah. you, would you say, in the end, as someone who actually knows what they're talking about here, that the design team got good? <laughs> yeah yeah they did a pretty yeah. good job i mean i do have some complaints here and there it's not you know perfect or anything but overall they created a fantastic uh game world and a fantastic speedrun experience which like it uh almost overnight it became the most popular speedrun game in the whole world and i think now it's like settled in at number two just behind minecraft so that's where it's at now <laughs> what that's i guess i'm not too surprised but uh, for some reason, I thought you were going to say Super Metroid. Yeah, right? And I mean, Super's, you know, always pretty consistently in the top ten. But for the last few years, Minecraft has just absolutely blowed its popularity. Uh, that and makes everything. sense. Yeah. Um, so, what's your record, Ben? I know you want to say it. 
I actually just broke it like two hours ago, right before hopping on <gasps> this call. Let me let me double check to make sure I got the number right. It is an hour, 33 minutes, 44 seconds. Beautiful. And what's the world record? Uh, for the category I run, let me check. I think it's around an hour 20. What's your category? Any percent, no major glitches. Okay. So the community no basically votes on which glitches are like too game breaking to have in that run and you know, should be uh, you know, put into like an anything goes category. So, so this run the, uses like two yeah. or three minor glitches, but none of the big ones. So what what would you say is kind of the line? Like, is there is there a sort of like uh, consensus or an easy metric that you can say like where they intended for it to be like played this way versus that way? Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, like, it's, it's pretty I'm sure clear where the developer intended sequence breaks are. Um, there's uh -huh. usually kind of like environmental clues hitting hinting at what you can do. Um, but they're very well okay. hidden. It's not like you're not going to, for the most part, accidentally stumble on an alternate route. You have to either be good with, like, speed booster tech, things like that, or, um, you know, willing to, like, run through a cold room without cold protection, that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for secrets, you know, that you'll be rewarded pretty much. Is a major glitch, like, like are there boss skips at all, or, like... Yeah, so my route skips like, a couple big of sequence bosses. Skips. Um, I, I skipped the very first Emmy, like the tutorial Emmy, um, and then I skipped Drogaiga, the underwater guy, and unfortunately, I skip Experiment Z57, and he's like my favorite boss in the game, so that kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> but the, 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 like anything goes category, it uses some glitches where you can like clip through the floor, um, and in some places you can use that to take the Omega Cannon and like get it out of an Emmy zone and just have it out in the open. All right, that's fun. And what, what, uh, how would you place this on your, like, total Metroid ranking? Oh man, I mean, I, I need a little time to you know let it settle and everything, but it's okay. probably number one. Like I've already put yeah. more time into it than Super Metroid. So, oh wow. Okay, well, big win for Metroid. You think what? What do you think is next? Do you think a gaming watch collection like? like alex was maybe thinking or like uh prime four really just going to be the next big moment uh so i mean the rumor mill has been going about like a prime remaster remake for a long long time for a while mm -hmm. uh, a bunch of leakers were saying it was going to be like a trilogy remaster coming to switch and now it kind of sounds like they've all recanted on that and said no it's just prime one but it's like a ground up graphics remake so crossing my fingers that's true because that would be pretty awesome and then, I you would. know, whenever, uh, if Prime 4 still exists, whenever they're ready to show us that, I'm excited for that, too. But uh, overall, I like 2D Metroid better than 3D, but Prime is still really good, so I'm excited for Prime. Yeah. What I find really interesting about the place the series is in now after Dread is Dread just nails the action so well. I would say, like, no question, it's the game that feels the best to play for me out of all the 2D Metroid games, and mm -hmm. that's a big sticking point for me with the older ones. Uh, yeah. where I don't, I'm not as into Super Metroid as a lot of people are because it just doesn't feel good to play to me. Uh, that I'm wondering, like, how is that going to influence the Prime games that come after it? Because, like, Prime, 
I wouldn't say Prime has control issues necessarily, but it is not. I, I would definitely not describe it as a very like deep action game or a very fast paced action game. But uh, but Dread is very very like frenetic uh, in its action, yeah. and so uh, yeah, I, I really am curious to see if they speed uh, things up in first person in Prime. To be honest, I feel like at least for the at least all I need to be satisfied with it. I feel like and and this this element of Metroid, which has been really his historically successful in the series it's like this almost like calm sometimes horror but like often kind of just like chill and relaxing ambiance with the music and like just the fact that you get to explore around metroid prime has sort of a very low gravity to the jumps so it's it's just kind of like relaxing sometimes to just Mm -hmm. jump around and and wander those maps even if she's walking at a slow pace the music is just so interesting and fun and and environmentally um fitting like it's that's a big element of match yeah yeah and i also felt like that for all its success in nailing the action of the series i feel like that element of it was kind of missing from dread in a way at least for me i just i was just getting annoyed at the emmys and like and i made it through like world three or something like that um but it was god i don't know i could didn't feel that yeah present. i played um the ori games as well this year and i know ben i, I think i agree with your criticisms about the game where it's like there's a lot of like one hit death issues mm-hmm. and and that's that's still a thing but one thing that ori does really well that metroid games don't really or at least 2d metroid games don't really do is it has like a lot of these like spaces where it's just nice to just be in those spaces um uh whereas metroid games it's like everything is a is a hallway that's trying to kill you uh, essentially <laughs> yeah um <laughs> or at least trying to and that's not necessarily a criticism you. of metroid it's yeah yeah um, um well another big sort of missing nintendo franchise has been advance wars and it's still missing because reboot camp was delayed till i think january next year right uh they're saying april on the eShop right oh, now april. but i wow, don't okay. believe they've actually announced that date that's just the date that the eShop is saying okay hmm I'm probably just making up January completely. That's okay. That's Pokemon Legends Arceus still coming out, which is a big expansion of the Sinnoh games, which we just got remade on November, was it 19th? Oh, yeah, yeah I feel look like at it was that. a month ago. So we've talked about them before, but with a little bit of digestion, does anyone have new thoughts? I really enjoyed it. I haven't finished my playthrough, um, mostly because I'm just taking my time and enjoying feeling nostalgic. Um, but I've had a really good time with it. Would I have wanted something more if you told me we were getting a Sinnoh remake? Maybe. Maybe I would have wanted something more like the other remakes have been where they've significantly added to the, I think, the experience <laughs> of the original games. Um, but it made me feel really nostalgic, and I had a good time playing it. And I had a lot of fun, and all my friends who are not, like, into gaming or into Nintendo or into Pokemon anymore decided to pick it up. Uh, So that was really fun, too. Yeah. Um, That's also encouraging to me, I think. Yeah, so I—and they had a good time, so, like, I can't complain. I am—I'm content with it. Of course, again, like I said, I I do wish a little bit there was um, an expansion, but I'm hoping maybe that energy uh, is put— or will be put or has been put towards the Pokemon games to come. And this was just kind of like a fun little uh, diversion. But yeah, Yeah. no, I liked it. 
honestly i'm a lot like more in that same boat now that it's come out and i've played through it like i don't know if we had talked about the exp share yet but like does it everyone everyone a lot of people were upset about the exp share being always on but really do you actually want a game that just has yeah that much more grinding that you've already played all the way through before like mm -hmm. no yeah like no one actually I've, i wants was able that. to evolve pretty much everything i caught through the course of just normal gameplay without actually having to go out of my way to Same. grind and that's just like that was something that would never happen in older pokemon games yeah especially with one that like the ds version is famous for an obnoxious level curve so yeah yeah um yeah i mean i i just found that all the like changes that they made were for the better and there were there were some weird things like you know i and they actually patched this away but like originally the tms you go into the your list and you can't see them by name it's just tm1 yeah. tm2 whatever <laughs> but they got they figured that out um and it it all like was really fun in the end and i would be really happy with this kind of a game not exactly i would want them to put a little more zhuzh into it now that they know what they're doing but like heart gold soul silver looking like this that yeah. would be great i wouldn't i wouldn't mind that at all i think and i think some of the they didn't like i don't want to say like they kept some of the more challenging parts of the earlier generations but like they did like i i think the game was a little bit harder than more contemporary pokemon games have I, or have been i don't know i have not done research into like what they kept and what they discarded and how actual like level scaling and all of that works mm -hmm. but it felt a little bit more difficult to me than they have felt in <laughs> uh more recent generations so i also uh, was content with that too yeah i don't i could that could be not real though i could be pulling that out of my ass that's very subjective <laughs> Well, I'm pretty sure I, I definitely ran into more sticky situations than I yeah. feel like I have in recent Pokemon games. At so least I, I'm, I'm with some you there. of the like story important trainers, like the Elite Four and maybe the Eaters. Um, I know from data mining, they actually like gave their Pokemon like IVs and EVs and like better Ooh. AI, a little more aggressive AI than typical uh -huh. Pokemon. It it felt like that for sure. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they gave me some trouble at a couple points. Uh, I was also playing, though, in a way where I was skipping a lot of trainers, which, I mean, yeah, it's a remake. Of course, you're especially going to skip a lot of trainers. Um, and I, I was also not evolving any of them, so I tried to make it through the Elite Four <laughs> with, like, Turtwig and Krogunk and Murkrow. But, like, in the end, I couldn't actually do it. They, they, they really got me at a point where I was not going to do any more grinding, and so I evolved yeah. them all up. And then it still took, like, two or three tries. Not so bad. Oh, nice. Levels matched Cynthia. I feel like it was paced really well. Yeah, same. Uh, one other thing that uh, I agree with everything you both have said so far, but one other thing that I'd say is uh, it felt really good to play a top-down Pokemon game again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, kind of confirmed my preconceived biases that this is like the game, the kind of Pokemon game that feels best to me uh, when you're looking at the core RPG series. Yeah, uh, I'd love if they not only continued doing remakes in this style, but actually made another new game in this style and let the sort of yeah. the legends. Uh, I would love that gameplay oh, style yeah. sort of sit as their three D, their true three D Pokemon games. That's actually really satisfying. Uh, I don't like. I don't want to have three threads of Pokemon where one is this sort of like weird three D game that's still got two D uh, game DNA in it, and I don't. Like just just do give me a, a true three D Pokemon, give me a, a a nice classic Pokemon. Yeah. 
Yeah. I would hope that as they move forward, like, so let's say hypothetically Heart Gold and Soul Silver take this approach. Oh, uh, by the way, I'm guessing we all can say Scrap, let's go. Nice try. Uh, yeah, nice try. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it would have been better had they been releasing those and paced with the actual Pokemon Go being a thing. Yeah. <laughs> and it feels like it came, like, too late to really have the impact that it could have had. Yeah. And be worth investing in for the future so yeah i really like let's go except for the uh the force like motion control mechanics um but it's like i i don't need more games in that style like it served its purpose it did its thing if we're going back to johto like don't don't force those games on it um and also yeah. like i just don't think like sales wise that it justifies it for them like it sold fine but it didn't sell better than a normal remake so it's like, you know, why why lean into that direction specifically? Yeah, and it sounds like they've got their their workhorse company for that now too. Then, because yeah, I, I mean, know, for what it was, presumably for what it was, it's easy which for them to a, sick Ilka on whether which it's was Johto or uh, Unova will work. Oh yeah, it's true. It was like developed by Game Freak, right? Let's go. Uh, let's go. Yeah. 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 For for what it was at the time, which was like a Gen 1 retread right around the time Pokemon Go was still pretty big. I guess it is still pretty big. Uh, it was a good idea. It's just, I don't know, it, it doesn't really scale to the future, I don't think. Um, did anyone try Shin Megami Tensei Five? I didn't, but I want to. It's on my list, probably <laughs> whenever I tire of Fire Emblem again. Um, okay. But I am I am excited about it, so... Mm. Yeah. I've never played a Shin Megami Tensei, but I did score a copy for like thirty dollars. Nice. So it's oh, nice. Also. Okay. Cool. Well. Yeah, one of my we'll check in. swears it's like the best RPG of this generation, but I haven't picked oh, it up. Nice. So. <laughs> uh, did they compare it to Persona Five in terms of like a qualitative comparison? It's better. <laughs> no, no, they did not bring up okay. Persona. Okay. It can't be real then. So. Colin, we skipped a game. What did we skip? We, we kept we skipped Mario Party Superstars. Oh yeah, which is another of the like. It, in theory, it's exactly the right thing that we want, but I don't know. It seems like it's a little, little light with just five boards. It need yeah, it needed at least like one more Mario Party three board and maybe like another round of boards for all three games, maybe. Uh, okay, yeah, with another but... round of boards, that's yeah. But I even like eight boards would be light. It's DLC. all it's all remake content. Yeah, should've I should have DLC for Super Mario Party. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That seems not right. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's a little. Excessive. It's it's like it's it's very much a distinct like idea from Super Mario Party. Like it's it's just old content from but it old seems, Mario Party games. It seems games. like a, a waste of the Super Mario Party name not to be the one that's all the. Mario Party Superstars sounds more different from Mario Party than Super Mario Party as a mega collection. Um, but I will say this would have been a great DLC option to tag along with Animal Crossing, with the Sega Genesis uh, expansion for Nintendo Online Plus, because it was kind of consensus that that was an interesting idea, but just not enough to be worth the asking price. Let's check in on that. Did anyone go through with it? Uh, I've played almost all the N64 games, so yeah. I definitely bought it. Mm -hmm. I definitely got my money's worth so far. Uh, so I have no complaints, personally. 
Yeah, I upgraded as well because I've got a family plan. So with like, you know, people chipping in, it really wasn't that expensive. I mean, I don't think yeah. it's a particularly great deal, but if you have a family plan and, you know, everyone's willing to split it, then it's not bad. And uh, I've been playing uh, nothing but Paper Mario and Dr. Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, of course. Nice. <laughs> I thought of Great. you when they said that was going to be on the service. <laughs> I was so happy. I played through the can the story campaign, and oh my god, it gets really tough toward the end. Uh, what do we think about Banjo-Kazooie coming next month? Ben, we, uh, we never talked about that here. Yeah, I'm pretty excited for that too. That's yeah. definitely going to consume all my time after Paper Mario. Is the rate of one game, game a month enough for everyone? Well, I mean, it's one N64 game a month. They just announced more Sega Genesis games that's are true. coming, which it's thought that's great. What I'd really love for them to do is keep releasing NES and, and Super NES games. <laughs> uh, yeah. There's still untapped stuff in those libraries. Uh, and if they're going to be charging us more, they might as well invest in better third party relationships for those services too. Yeah, it's so bizarre that other games aren't on the service yet. Okay, but yeah. here's 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 what I kind of think is happening. Is our Christmas wishes 2022 mother collection for Nintendo Switch? Maybe. I, I've heard one of the theories I've heard is that technically the IP is not owned by Nintendo, and so that's why they're not on the service. But I mean, surely they would. Well, I guess if they're gonna pay to invest in it, they would do something like a mother collection, not. I don't know. <laughs> but another know. another thing that I was thinking of, and this this will be my big major Christmas wish for 2022, um, is I'm gonna blow the lid on the conversation by saying is if they do a Game Boy Classic, uh, the biggest kind of like Star Fox 2 esque selling point of that is releasing not just Mother 3 in English finally alongside like like built into the Game Boy Classic, but they have a Mother 1 and 2. Uh, Game Boy Advance game that is a port of they both do. of them, and it's yeah. a better port. It's it it's, it speeds up Mother One. They basically give you like a grind amulet that like doubles your XP or something, or like you can you can run crazy faster. I don't remember what it is, um, but it, it just breaks away from some of that like you know ancient <laughs> video game uh, boredom, um, and so that seems like kind of a really natural fit for me. I mean, you're talking like an actual piece of hardware called the Game Boy Classic. Oh yeah, in fact, and I'll uh, maybe I'll share I'll sh I'll share a I made a little diagram that I'll share on our Twitter feed. Um, but yeah, so okay, I have essentially two ideas. One, we we can talk about the recently released uh, uh, retro what are the po analog pocket analog is the name of the company. Retron is the the old king of the retro game emulation consoles but the analog pocket is actually the game boy game boy color and game boy advance on little tiny microchips so it's not emulating anything and it plays mm -hmm. the original cartridges but i don't think nintendo wants to take that line down and they are the actual makers of the game boy so one sort of vision is basically exactly what the analog pocket is uh, with probably a, a ROM library or a digital shop built in. We've talked about this before. The really cool one that I've thought of is they could actually style it after a Game Boy Micro and use basically that build. It's exactly the same size as a Joy-Con, so it fits perfectly with all of the like Nintendo Switch complementary accessories, the controllers and weird gadgets like that. But they, 
can also they have space to fit a cartridge reader and a USB-C charging port and the switch connectors and shoulder buttons, headphone jack, um, an original link cable so that you could use it, for example, on a GameCube, uh, or they could just release Pokemon Coliseum and XD on Nintendo Switch. That'll be my sub-wish. Anyway, Game Boy Classic would be a really, really cool addition to Nintendo's family. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm reusing that from Christmas 21, I mean 2020. God, it's a blur. Yeah, yeah that would be pretty I, I, I awesome. Think but just with like all the uh, supply constraint issues that Nintendo has, it's like the chances that I'd actually get my hands on one. You know, I I'd rather yeah. they just bring the games to uh, to Nintendo Switch Online to that service. Like I've already got okay. a great handheld console in Switch. Well, my but... wish is for no supply chain issues. Then number two, Bruce <laughs> has those powers. I mean, I think they can do both. They have been putting keeping the Game and Watch. Uh, systems that they put out in pretty good supply. Mm. I know this would not be in the same. Yeah, I think this would have a way bigger market than well, that. Yeah, I'm but pretty sure the th- analog I... pocket is sold out till 2023 already. So yeah, it's it's Ooh. it's hella. Um, oh, that's popular. Horrible. Oh, that is. Well, I don't know. A company like the company like the one behind Analog Pocket's probably not in the same sort of uh, position that a, a Nintendo type player would be. Sure, that's a good yeah. Point. I just mean in terms of like how ravenous the demand is but yeah nintendo sure. they have well, i mean i guess that's a sign that, sure that they, they got more money to throw around right that, but that's kind of a sign that they have a big market to swoop in and, and catch now that yeah. analog can't keep up yeah uh, they could just I mean, I think put their own and one if of they, the analog can't sue them it's their game boy one of the underappreciated things about nintendo switch online uh i know a lot of people uh sort of bash it for the pricing model and for how slow the drips uh, the the drip has been for games but like the thing that makes it appealing is partially the reproduction hardware, uh, and the fact that they're even investing in that in 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 2021. Uh, like I don't know how you do that. How you have a reproduction hardware Game Boy controller for the Nintendo Switch? Is it is it a Game Boy that has a screen, or is it just kind of a thing that resembles the Game Boy's controls that you use well, as a controller? If it's a Game Boy Micro, like my it? suggestion, then it's just a Game Boy Micro, and you take it and you play sure. screens a little bigger, but then you click it on the Switch and see part of the idea is you click it on the Switch and put in like Pokemon Ruby and Pokemon Home just knows what to do with it. Yeah, Pokemon I mean, Gold I think version I, I agree with you that I would love a Game Boy Classic, but I just don't see them putting those games only on this special hardware and not putting it on Switch in some way. Well, if the I, question for me is, if they put it on Switch, how do they handle the reproduction hardware angle? And you, I just don't know. You click it into the Switch to unlock them all on the Switch. Oh, I see. So you buy the Game Boy, essentially, hardware with all the games loaded onto it or a cartridge reader for your old ones. Well, that's redundant. But, uh, yeah, maybe there's a mini eShop I mean, I where you buy just... them on both platforms in tandem. Yeah, I suspect they make you pay for the, Switch, the subscription fee to play them on Switch. But you can oh, also, yeah. of course, have them as a standalone, a little standalone Game Boy device. Yeah, that's an interesting kind of like it softens the blow on both angles for them for releasing these games at like a lower price in a big collection. Because like, you know, I, I feel like you would need a lot more of the heavy hitters on all three Game Boys combined, first of all, like. I just don't think like i don't know i don't think solo game boy even if you tie it with game boy color has quite enough to be probably what the price of the console would be with all these supply issues but um i don't even remember where that sentence started <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean Great. game boy advance is the heavy hitter for me definitely because i want to play all of the metroid games and 
all of the Zelda games, all of the Pokemon. So I agree that Game Boy and Game Boy Color alone, like, I mean, they they were great for our youth, but it's like nowadays that's that's not enough to get me to buy like hardware to service like that. Right. Well, at the same yeah, time, they probably wouldn't feel like I. This is this is where I was going. They wouldn't feel like their um, their catalog. I think would get them enough money for what the catalog is worth by attaching the whole thing for free to a piece of Game Boy hardware, or by attaching the whole thing to an expansion pack that they already have Nintendo sixty four and Sega Genesis on. But if they split it both ways, I mean, that just seems bada bing, bada boom to me. Because then you have to, if you if you if you buy them as the Game Boy, you've bought it as the Game Boy already, and then you're paying the subscription fee to unlock them on online. I don't know. Seems like a good enough deal for both sides. Can I tell you my wish, my first wish list? Absolutely, item, please. So we're talking about classic games, and I'm sure I've talked about this on the show before, but. One of my wishes is that Nintendo fully embrace the idea that they have this subscription for classic games and just bring their classic games to mobile and PC. Just put the emulators on there. Let me use <laughs> your fancy controllers that you're selling me to play them other places besides Switch. Uh, theoretically, anybody who has a Switch or not maybe wants to play your games, maybe would buy a controller to do it and would be happy to play them on whatever devices they already have. Like, no reason to limit your subscription revenue just to people that have switches i think that's a great idea and then just beef up the production of those controllers that they're already making in limited quantities and make your yep. money on that yep yeah i mean honestly i mean they realistically they could probably charge a couple bucks for well maybe you you log in with your eShop account and get access to the platforms that you have on this on nintendo switch online already well, I mean, then, I'm thinking back to before the Switch even came out, they were still making pushes to give people Nintendo accounts through mobile apps. Well, why not yeah. do it through a subscription service that just lets people play your games, your your classic games, of course, not your new Nintendo Switch games, uh, on other hardware? Like, Honestly, yeah. I would love to play a Pokemon game on my phone with, like, the touch screen and the yeah. everything. You don't need the tactile feedback of the buttons for those as much as you would a platformer, and it would be awesome to play those on the train, etc. Um if you want to do that and guess what if people want the premium like take it on the go experience you've got something for them you've got a nintendo switch right uh anyway plus so that's like that stuff is things. already happening and it's 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 bound to happen rather yeah. than rather than go after that why don't you pay the people who are making it happen to make it freaking happen if you don't people are just going to find a way to play them for free mm-hmm. not me <laughs> Anyway, that's my soapbox. Um, yeah, I agree. Lee, what's your first Christmas wish? Um, I think it's gonna be something. I forget if we talked about this this past year or last year, but it got in my head and I have not been able to get it out. Which is, I in my wildest dreams and my wildest Christmas dreams, I would like um an open world. A golden sun game i know it's asking for a lot i know it's just i'm asking for like some necromancy to happen but i really really want it i think it would be awesome i think people would really like it um here's a question was golden sun 2 i know that they reused a lot of the same stuff did they reuse the same world with a different story for two or for uh the ds one two not the ds one i I think it was this more or less 
all the assets were almost entirely reused yeah yeah I i would say it's if you remember the relationship between sonic the hedgehog 3 and sonic and knuckles where Sonic and Knuckles no. is basically like the rest of Sonic 3. That's basically what go- the Lost Age was. Okay, so here's uh, here's my pitch is, is Monolith Soft just makes that first GBA chapter of Golden Sun as a new game. Remake it. But yeah. Give those guys a break on Xenoblade. I think we've talked about this already. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to see Monolith Soft do more IP for sure, too. Yeah. Not just Xenoblade. Ben. What are all your Christmas wishes? I would love to hear them. Uh, well, I know, we I know about also briefly, that, that... Uh, earlier, but Metroid Prime Remake, ground up, graphics completely redone, gameplay largely the same. Count me in. And, you know, maybe some tweaks to the lore to kind of modernize it, some of the ideas done uh, more recently. But basically just along those lines, uh, with all the momentum Dread has, like it looks like it's going to be the highest selling Metroid game ever, most likely. I would yeah. just really like to see Nintendo in 2022 uh, like double down on the Metroid franchise and like start to treat like a first-class IP the way they do Mario and Zelda and Pokemon. Um, and, you know, I think we've seen that happen in the not-too-distant you know, past with, like, Fire Emblem. went from being a game that nobody outside of Japan played to now it's, you know, a multi-million seller. And, you know, every other week, a Fire Emblem character's in Smash, and Nintendo's <laughs> giving it all kinds of promotion and a mobile game, etc. And so, yeah, I just, I would love to see the momentum from Dread continue to Nintendo, follow it up with Prime Remake, and then giving us a trailer for Prime 4, maybe at E3, and just really make it clear, like, hey, this is one of our flagship franchises. Yeah, that would be very nice. Also, Silk Song. Okay. <laughs> yes, please. Um, do you have mostly any... actually not because I want to play the game, but I want to. I'm sick of people asking for it every time Nintendo announces <laughs> anything. Yeah, and it's, it's like unfair a... to other indies. You know, when every time an indie direct yeah. comes in the chat is nothing but like clown emojis and where's Silk Song? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Did anyone have any fun with the indie direct lately? Speaking of. Uh, Sea of Stars looks incredible. Uh, I am going to get Chicory whenever I oh, stop yeah. playing the games I'm currently playing. Uh, uh, Amori, so that was the other big one. Uh, I never played it on PC, but it looks interesting. Yeah, same. Uh, it looks a little heavy. Look, it looks a little heavy for these COVID times, but maybe once yeah. the world gets a little brighter again, I'll be in, into a... Uh, a game that lets me remember how depressed I was in 2021. <laughs> Can't wait for the world to get better so I can play sad things again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, okay. That reminds me, I really want to play Bioshock so I can kill some white supremacists. Yeah. Right. I'm, in that, I'm in that mood again. Uh, the first one's a New Year's game too, right? So. Yes, it is. It is. It is all yeah. about the. It's not all about the new year, but that is part of the setting. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, I've and, uh, I've completed two playthroughs of both Bioshock. Well, not both. I've played Infinite and the first one. Sorry, the second one does count. It's good, but I've played the you know core, I guess, series twice this year. What were you saying? I'm sorry. Oh no, you're fine. I was just saying there's been a lot of rumblings about uh, you know, like the next Bioshock. We know it's been in the works for a while, and there's been some rumors oh, yeah. about maybe what the setting is and stuff. So it's uh, it's a good time to get back into it. 
oh, it was going to be about a pandemic, and now they can't release it. <laughs> <laughs> they were they were so excited for Bioshock Four. I can't imagine. I don't what, know. I feel like that's the developers of Bioshock doing. would just lean totally into that and just. Do to it. be fair, yeah. Honestly, yeah, it is about the social commentary a bit, so I think they might have some wonderful fodder for that. Yeah. Are we expecting a new Fallout game? It's I mean, gotta I'm come not. eventually, but like, God knows when. When was is the four? Todd Howard team working on that one? It I was. Know... It came out in 2015. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Well, I guess that's a general no. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Um, ben, do you have any other gruesome wishes? Um, just for Breath of the Wild 2 to be worth the wait, you know? Like, when they're oh, yeah. recycling the game engine and the graphics, the physics, all that, and even, like, the majority of the overworld, and they've spent five years on it, so it's like, you know expectations are high yeah i think my number one wish for breath of the wild 2 i'm I'm replaying breath of the wild now it's sort of my like last hurrah for going through the zelda games again uh love that game to pieces still really really fun to replay but i know that map so so well at this point Mm. that that part of the enjoyment is just completely gone for me the the Mm. getting lost and finding new places it's just uh, it's all too familiar I feel like they're going to uh, carve into the mountains. So we've already seen them like going up to the sky. I feel like you're going to be able to like enter volcanoes and caves and things that really sprawl out and interconnect in kind of a almost a Metroidvania style way, bringing the dungeons together in an open world, dark world. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Um, if you look at, at Breath of the Wild 1 as like exploring the surface of a, a vast world, uh, yeah, I, I could totally see them turning that on its head and now it's sort of like you're exploring the underbelly the underside of this ass world yeah and and of course the sky yeah right yeah um i'm just sort of imagining like i know this isn't the best game to compare it to but maybe it is zelda 2 uh, you know what it totally is if the breath of the wild was a re zelda 1 this is a re zelda 2 uh you go down all these elevators into these like labyrinths and and you you have these side scrolling sections not only I mean, I don't want those in the field now, but, like, just in the way that, that these tunnels all intertwined within the mountains and everything, it's a perfect translation into 3D and would make a really, really cool game out of kind of an older idea in that way. Yeah, I think that actually is a good good metaphor because, like, uh, it had this very, like, sharp difference between the gameplay when you're exploring the overworld and the gameplay when you're in, like, a cave or a dungeon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, yeah, I do think something like that because Breath of the Wild was very focused on uh, exploring the overworld, even if it had uh, shrines and it, even if it had the Divine Beasts and Hyrule Castle. Uh, but I, I'd love to see them sort of lean heavier into different kinds of, of environments and different kinds of gameplay. Yeah, I think also like it would be cool, you know, if there's maybe like a portal to the dark world in one place that, you know, leads to another in Breath of the Wild, you know, they um, not necessarily like chunk it off and force you down a path we don't really like that right now for zelda but you know what i mean just like you, you get lost exploring the the new dark world a little bit and then you come out on the other side somewhere completely different on the map totally interrupting where you were before uh yeah i don't know there's a lot of interest to be i mean that's uh, another thing in. they could take from skyrim right skyrim was very uh, much about going into it. places and maybe popping out somewhere else that you didn't know existed before yeah, and that's well, not really something go. Breath of the Wild did. Well, I mean, maybe that's some a way that Aonuma realized could 
you know, make the next one a little more interesting is going all in on that element and keep completely keeping it out of the original. It was inspired Man. very heavily by Skyrim originally. Yep. So, and he's he's uh, he's been working on this long enough to have that kind of foresight, I think. I certainly uh, would not have. <laughs> um, Lee, do you have my more breath Sorry. of a, uh, <laughs> more 2022 wishes? Nope, I'm putting all of my eggs okay. in that basket so that I make <laughs> sure it happens. So that one's going to be real. <laughs> yeah, okay. it better be. Yeah, I'm very demanding. I want that subscription service. I want Breath of the Wild to have new stuff. And I want Nintendo to do more 2D style games uh, after Metroid this year and Pokemon this year. I'm realizing I just I want more. I want more of those games. <laughs> Here's a question. Uh, there's a reason they were popular in the first place, right? Yeah. Uh, so 2D Mario would be great. Another 2D Zelda that's actually new would be great. I would not say no to Oracle remakes in the style of Link's Awakening either. Yes, uh, please do the Oracle. I, Rather than remakes, yeah. what would you think about a Fire Emblem like, you know, NES through GBA collection as a single release? Not remakes, but There's just a like lot a of Fire Emblem games. Retro collection, right. Which I feel like is enough and enough games also that were never originally released in English. That it could yeah. be worth the f- premium sixty dollar price tag that Nintendo wants to make you pay for everything these days. I don't think you're you're too far off with that. I could see that definitely being a possibility. It would save them from having to choose like which one to remake in a you know fancier way. Anyway, um, okay. I didn't really uh, have any other wishes either. And my sort of stretch wish. Xenoblade 3. All right. That's 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 I feel like that's not a stretch at all. In fact, I feel well, like that's I mean, the most likely. To... <laughs> the, other, the other things I want more, I think, but Xenoblade 3 is a thing that I really yeah. need in my life, too. Okay. Well, with that, I think we are going to eat some cookies, drink some milk, steal some, gris- some Christmas trees, because Grusmas is, you know, the it holiday this year. It's all about Grusmas and the wonderful pompadour yep. that he puts a white little <laughs> pom-pom on. Part of him already. Santa, Santa Grus is coming to town. Ho, ho, ho. Indeed. Merry Grusmas to all and to all a Grus night. <laughs>